Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Let's hear about this episode's topic. Hi, um, I'm a a dad calling in because my daughter, who is 10 years old, um, recently started wearing a bra, um, and she's been asking questions about her period and like when that's going to start and what she needs to do. Um, Her mom is really busy um, working all the time, and I've been home helping with the distance learning, and I'm spending a lot of time with her, and I don't really know where to begin. I was hoping you could give me some advice for talking to my my daughter about um, puberty. Yeah, so puberty, this is really interesting. I think most dads, the default uh, response to that would be like, I can't wait for mom to get home to have that discussion, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, puberty. It's a time when your body changes and you start worrying about body odor and acne and hair new places. It's a really hard time for kids and parents. And the hormones. Mm -hmm. It's a new experience for parents, for teenagers, and it's important to know that there are a lot of normal variations in puberty for each individual child. But there can also be some abnormalities to look out for along the way. So today we're going to talk about normal pubertal development. As well as when to worry about early, also known as precocious puberty, or when it's late, and that's known as delayed puberty. The endocrine system is responsible for initiating and maintaining puberty and sexual development. And within endocrinology, which is the study of the endocrine system, there are a lot of long and complicated words (laughs) that define the specific parts of puberty and the hormones associated that trigger puberty. So we're going to do our best to explain them in clear terms. Okay, so maybe even I'll understand them. (laughs) Okay, so puberty is defined as the time at which a person develops secondary sexual characteristics and reproductive function. So this can be broken up into gonadarchy and adrenarchy, which are regulated by different hormones produced and released from different locations. So should we do a quick endocrine physiology review for our listeners? Yeah, I think we're going to have to in order for everyone to understand, and it's a good reminder for all of us. So gonadarchy describes the activation of the reproductive organs, so specifically the testicles in males and the ovaries in females. Sex steroids, which is testosterone in males and estrogen and progesterone in females, are formed and released from the testicles and the ovaries, respectively, in response to a maturing brain, which matures in puberty. So the maturing brain, specifically the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland within the brain, are what release hormones to trigger puberty. So initially, when a baby's born, they're kind of ramped up, and then they're suppressed. So you don't release those hormones, and they're suppressed until puberty, and then they start ramping up, and they trigger puberty to begin. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, this results in the effect that we see of estrogen, which is produced by the ovaries in girls, which is breast development, and ultimately the start of menstruation. And the effect of testosterone in boys, which leads to testicular and penile enlargement, amongst other things. And adrenarchy is the activation of the adrenal gland. 
Androgens are hormones that are secreted by your adrenal gland, and the adrenal gland lives on top of your kidneys. The androgens are responsible for pubic hair and axillary hair, as well as body odor, acne, and oily skin in boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And axillary hair is underarm hair. That's the medical m- medical term. So hopefully that clears up some of the confusion about the types of hormones and where they come from. But it's a oversimplification for sure. Mm-hmm. This is something we spend like a month talking about in medical school. Um, but I, we specifically wanted parents to know that puberty is initiated by two separate centers, the brain and the reproductive organs, and then the adrenal glands. So sometimes adolescents may experience one of these starting before the other. Um, So, for example, can see some hair before they see breast development or the other way around. And both of those can be normal. Mm -hmm. So I think as people are listening to this, they can understand that it's really a complex system. And since the timeline and process is different in boys and girls, maybe we should talk about each sex individually. Right. Let's start with normal pubertal development in girls first, since they usually go through it first. Right. So the normal age for initiation of puberty in females is between 8 and 13 years of age, and the average age is 10. And we, when we say initiation, we say that we mean that any time during this age range, it's normal for a girl to begin puberty. And the course of puberty takes approximately two to three years. So what happens at the initiation of puberty? Right. So as I mentioned before, it's important to remember that it's widely variable. So some may develop pubic hair and underarm hair first. Some may develop breast buds first. But in general, the first thing that we see happen is what we in medicine call thelarchy, which is the development of breast buds. Initially, a young girl will have just a pea-sized sort of mass underneath her nipple. It can be tender, and this is totally normal. Um, And then adrenarchy will happen in which they get the development of pubic and underarm hair as well as body odor. And then at the very end, it finishes with menarche, which most women listening know is when you get your first menstrual cycle. And you said the whole process takes about two to three years. Right. On average, once I see a girl in my clinic has started to develop breast buds, I usually tell the parent that they can expect her menstrual cycle in approximately two to three years. And the average age for having your first period is 12 and a half years old in girls. Okay, let's move our discussion of normal puberty to males. On average, puberty begins a little later with a normal range of 9 to 14 years. And of course, males develop later in a lot of realms compared <laughs> yes, to that's females. True. <laughs> that's true. And for boys, puberty typically begins with testicle enlargement. And of course, this is not something that many boys or their parents are going to notice. It's a little different than in girls. They might not notice the initiation of puberty. After that, it's followed by pubic and underarm hair, and then the penis itself enlarges. And they also experience a deepening of the voice, facial hair, acne, body odor, all of those fun things that come with puberty. <laughs> and then at some point in puberty, the growth spurt happens. When, when does this occur? Yeah, that's a great question and one that most kids and parents want to know. 
So the growth spurt actually occurs over a two to three year period after the initiation of puberty. Um, so the average age for what we call the peak growth velocity, which is when they're growing the fastest in females, is at 12 years old. And on average, they're going to grow about 25 centimeters or nine to 10 inches during the course of puberty for girls. After the onset of the menstrual cycle, girls will typically only grow for about a year or more. So we don't have much height potential after that. In boys, they're going to have their growth spurt a little bit later, which I think people commonly see. <laughs> On average, boys are going to have their growth spurt at 14 years old, and they grow an average of 28 centimeters or 11 inches during puberty, but can continue to grow after puberty. Right. And so those are those um, junior high school dances where you see that the girls are generally taller than the boys, right? <laughs> totally. Yes. So it's important to remember that these are averages. Um, puberty and height gain, it's highly dependent on the starting growth percentile and the family history and individual hormone levels. So each adolescent will be completely different. We also haven't talked about some of the other annoying things that come with puberty, like the in men, the voice cracking and the voice changing. This is due to your larynx, the area in the throat that contains the vocal cords. This is growing just like the rest of the body during puberty, and vocal cords are getting longer and thicker under the influence of the hormone testosterone. It changes the way it's angulated, which can cause some males to develop an Adam's apple. In the period in puberty when, when the voice cracks, this frequently usually doesn't last too long, and our voices don't usually reach maturity until someone is in their 20s or so. Yeah, later than I initially thought. And then puberty is also the time when teens start to develop acne, ugh, which is a whole podcast in itself. Mm -hmm. It's a it complex is. topic, but as pediatricians, we have a lot of experience working with treating acne. And so if you have any questions about this or you're struggling with acne, definitely reach out. Yeah, there's some really good treatments for acne. So that, that's a problem that can be solved. Definitely. In boys, they will start getting more frequent erections. And many times it is difficult to control them when and where they occur. So this can be very embarrassing for boys. And they will also start experiencing wet dreams. And this occurs from erections and ejaculation of sperm while they're sleeping. Right. As a parent, it's important to reinforce with your child that these are all totally normal parts of puberty that happen to all adolescents and that they're going to diminish in frequency as their bodies and hormones grow and mature. Okay. I think we also need to talk about moodiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of people think that the hormonal changes of puberty are what makes teenagers moody. But actually, this is not supported by data, which is sort of surprising to a lot of people. So variations in hormone concentrations seem to have less influence on teen mood and emotional lability during adolescence. And it actually has more to do with things that they're experiencing in their like psychosocial realm. So they're having body image changes. Their social emotional relationships with peers are changing. And their cognitive control systems, so like the frontal lobe of their brain, is really lagging behind their like emotional development. And so it's hard for adolescents to cope with and process their emotions. So it more has to do with the time of adolescence and the difficulties that they see and less with those hormonal changes that come with puberty. Yeah, a very complicated time. 
So try your best to support your adolescent through this time by making sure they know you're open, you're a receptive person for them to talk to, and try not to minimize or discount their feelings. So for more information, specifically covering teen depression and anxiety, check out our previous recent episodes on these subjects. While puberty does typically follow a normal progression, as we described, there can be some variations in puberty and development, and, and these shouldn't cause parents' concern. So in females, we can sometimes see asymmetry of the breast tissue, so one might be bigger than the other. And in infants, six months to three years, sometimes we actually see small breast buds, and this can be totally normal. So as long as there's no other signs of puberty, your pediatrician will just monitor it until it resolves. In boys, they may experience some degree of breast development as well, and the medical term for this is gynecomastia. It can happen to 50 to 60% of adolescent boys. In most cases, this will resolve on its own within two years. Girls also might begin having vaginal discharge about 6 to 12 months before their first period. It's usually clear, doesn't have any other symptoms, like there's no itching, there's no odor, and this is totally normal and kind of a clue that that may be coming. Once a girl has her first period, that's probably going to be quite irregular for a while. We um, say that cycles can be irregular for the first two to three years, and this is because they're anovulatory, which means that they don't always release an egg from the ovary every time they have a menstrual cycle. Um, so it makes it more unpredictable. Some girls will have more, some girls will have less than like in an average you know, 28-day cycle. And both are normal for that first couple years after the initiation of the period. Okay, so now that we talked about normal and normal variations, what may make a caregiver or adolescent worried that there may be some abnormalities surrounding puberty and that they really need to seek evaluation for this? Mm -hmm. When it comes to delayed puberty, you should bring up concerns with your doctor if your teen female has not started menses by age 15 or has no breast development by 13 years of age. And in boys, this would be no initiation of puberty by 14 years of age. Another concern would be that if a teen female had established a normal menstrual cycle and then stopped menstruating for three months or more. There can be many reasons for delayed puberty, which includes genetic differences, hormone imbalances, or structural problems. And so your physician can do an exam and may order some lab testing, which can help differentiate these reasons. In a female, they may give something called a progesterone challenge, which is when they take a progestin pill and then you stop taking it. And if you get your menstrual cycle after that, it gives us more clues about what might be causing it. Early puberty is also known as precocious puberty, and it's the development of sexual characteristics like breasts, pubic hair, testicular enlargement before eight in girls and before nine in boys. Again, if your physician notices this, they may send some blood work that can help to determine why. Right. There can be different reasons for this early or precocious puberty. In some cases, the brain is incorrectly sending the signal to begin puberty, but most of the time, it's what we call idiopathic, meaning that there's nothing dangerous, we can't find what's causing it. But in rare cases, it can be a serious problem, like a brain injury or a tumor or an infection. 
And then in other cases, the ovaries or the testicles are not making the puberty hormones, but just the adrenal glands, like we talked about, are more revved up earlier, meaning that they're making this body odor and body hair. The process of that, the adrenal glands revving up, is called premature adrenarchy. It's fairly common, and it's considered a normal variation of puberty. But, of course, it can be distressing for parents and for kids. So anytime you have these abnormalities, it's really important to be evaluated by your pediatrician so that we can take more of a history, look for signs of central puberty, and send some additional lab work if warranted. It's common for parents to ask if there's a relationship between environmental hormones and hormones in food and their role in triggering early puberty. And I guess one of the more common ones that we hear about is like milk because some cows are treated with hormones to produce more milk. Right. And it's very common. You're right that they'll be like, the reason everybody's going through puberty so early is because of the milk. But at this point, there is no data to suggest a relationship between environmental hormones and the hormones that are found in food and the initiation of early puberty. Yeah, so that's good to know. And if people want more information about that, we did a previous episode talking about organic food that also touched on hormones in food. Now that we have reviewed normal and abnormal puberty and development, let's spend a minute talking about how best to prepare your child for puberty and what to expect. When I have adolescents in my office and I see signs of maybe puberty starting and I look at the parent and I look at the child and I said, have you guys started talking about puberty yet? They just like stare back at me like, oh my God, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, because they're probably avoiding the issue because it can be uncomfortable and it can be a really challenging conversation to have. And since the parents aren't comfortable with it, you know, they they don't have all the answers and they might really want to avoid it. Mm -hmm. So we can provide you with some relief. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't even need to have close to all the answers. You just need to make yourself open and available for to have a dialogue with your adolescents. So I will never forget a day that I came home when I was younger and I my mom had like bought those preparing for puberty books. So one of them was like an American Girl doll book. It's called like The Care and Keeping of You, where it just talks about the process. I think she had put some like sanitary pads in there just to kind of explore and figure it out. Um, And that was all I really needed. She just said, I have bought these for you to explore on your own. Let me know if you have any questions. I don't even remember this talk. I think it was just something like vague, like it's normal and get used to it or something like that. (laughs) Well, really, any time is a good time to start talking about puberty. And if you'd prefer not to do it, which some parents might not, um, your pediatrician is always happy to help have these conversations. Although for the teen, it can be more comfortable talking about it with someone that they really have a close relationship with. Um, And so that is usually a parent, an older sibling, maybe a close family friend. We will post a list of books that are great to help talk about puberty for boys and girls on our website. And then always remembering to pack if your child or your girl is getting ready to possibly get her first period, making sure she feels equipped and has pad or tampon or something with her in her backpack in case that were to happen at school or on a sleepover or something. It's also important to start discussing sexual health. In boys, they should be taught a testicular self-examination and what to look out for. And remember that testicular cancer is the most common malignancy in men aged 20 to 35, so they need to be prepared. And also, of course, educating women on breast health and breast examination. Right. 
And then another important thing to know is that the guidance regarding pap smears um, has really changed. So um, at least for, for younger parents or parents growing up, they probably started getting pap smears earlier. And now we actually recommend that females don't need one until 21 years of age, unless in cer certain high-risk circumstances. Um, even if they become sexually active before 21 years of age, we start pap smears at 21. Right. And that advice has really changed over time. Yeah. Well, we hope that this episode provided some useful information on puberty. So let's summarize some of the main points. Puberty begins for girls at an average age between 8 and 13 and for boys between 9 and 14 years of age. It's a time of complex challenges, including the development of secondary sexual characteristics like breasts, testicular and penile enlargement, and pubic and underarm hair growth. The growth spurt and voice changes and acne development, and like we discussed, there are tons of normal variations in puberty. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried about early or delayed puberty, please reach out to your physician, and they may order laboratory tests or imaging to help determine the cause. And don't be afraid to have these conversations about puberty and development with your child. There are tons of great resources that can help you have this conversation and if push comes to shove, your pediatrician is always happy to discuss this with them as well. We would like to thank Dr. Stephanie Crossan, pediatric endocrinologist at UC Davis Children's Hospital, for reviewing today's episode, although Dr. Lena and I take full responsibility for any errors or misinformation. And that reminds me of a joke. Uh-oh, a puberty joke. There's got to be a lot of good material for this. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them like, we can't really talk about because it's not appropriate for our audience. <laughs> but um, how, do, how do ducks know when they've reached puberty? What? Their voice quacks. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good clean puberty joke. It's a clean puberty joke, right. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 